Welcome to a special episode of the Seahawkers podcast. I am Brandon Schultz, and I am joined by a member of the UK Seahawkers and co-host of the Pedestrian podcast, Stuart Cork. Stu, how are you doing? Not too bad. It's rather early over this side of the pond, but not too bad considering. The 2017 NFL schedule was just released, and Stu is up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Just just can't wait to talk about it either, can you? <laughs> nope, no, no, no. That's, it's the only thing keeping me going is 16 games we've known about for five months being <laughs> sorted in a somewhat of an order. And, and now we have the order, and that's why it's exciting, Stu. Now, you sound a little bit like uh, Mr. Emmert to me <laughs> with, uh, with poo-pooing this, but uh, you know, th- we can actually start making travel plans for the coming season and that's why this is exciting yeah i think sky scanner and kayak are about to crash i think from all the nfl fans are making plans for trips to new york and san francisco and los angeles so but apart from that yeah it's it's kind of strange to schedule an announcement of an announcement of a schedule which is still seven months away but it's one step closer to real football, yes, I guess. Isn't yes, it? we're one step closer, and and we're a week away from the NFL draft. So this is a, this feels like a good time of year. This is this is breaking up all of the the nonsense that we've been hearing with trade rumors. And, you know, is Marshawn Lynch going to come back? This is this is a lot better. It definitely is. So let's get into it. Let's, uh, you know, one of the things that stood out to me, just a couple of general notes. We, we see that the Seahawks get an early bye week in week six. Uh, one thing that jumped out to me right away, Stu, was the fact that there's only one 10 a.m. start, and that's against Jacksonville on the road on December 10th. I don't know if we've seen a schedule where the Seahawks haven't had you know, that few 10 a.m. starts. Yeah, because obviously you looked at it, with all the, obviously we've got New York, we've got Tennessee, we've got Green Bay. You'd expect at least, if not all of them, to be 10 a.m. So to get just one of them, and that to be the Jacksonville Jaguars late in the season as well, which is usually the time we hit our groove. It's surprising, but also very welcome as well. Yes, and December in Jacksonville is a lot better than December in Green Bay, and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It, but it's, it's also probably a lot better than September in Jacksonville at oh, the same yeah. time. Screen players, so. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I remember some of those games where we played Carolina early in the season and you know the the home team decides to wear their whites and we get stuck in our blues. And not only that, it's it's 80, 90 degrees <laughs> and uh, th- those could be tough games. Yeah. But uh, the other thing that jumped out four primetime games and three of those four games are at home. The only road game is at Arizona on a short week on a Thursday night game. So four primetime games to the Seahawks this year. Yeah, and that Thursday night game won't include Stephen Hauschka and Chandler Catanzara this year. So maybe maybe more than 6-6 six, six this year. The home games on primetime is something where people thought the networks were trying to avoid when we used to kibosh Jim Harbour on the 49ers every year at home. So maybe we lured them into a false sense of security last year. Well, let's get into the schedule because, and I want to break this down quarter by quarter and uh, kind of look at four teams at a time, maybe judge just kind of the, the feeling around those four games, whether we feel like it's a tough stretch of games or, uh, you know, relatively easy. And let's start with the, well, let's talk a little bit about the, the Seahawks opening game week one, because I think there's quite a bit more to talk about with this one. Seahawks opening up the season on the road at Green Bay. I mentioned December in Green Bay. No, we get to start off week one on the road against the Packers. And uh, right away, 
against a 2016 playoff team. And uh, Eddie Lacy is going to be returning to Green Bay. I'm sure that's going to be uh, prominently featured in the storyline. What were your thoughts, Stu, when you saw Green Bay week one against the Seahawks? Well, I think, as I just said, I think it's better to play on week one in Green Bay where it's still it's still cold, I guess, but it's not as cold as it was when we played them this year. And also, I think I think Green Bay have a sort of deal that we have where they click later in the season. So to play them week one while they're still working out the, the kinks, I guess, it's, it's, it's a, if it's ever a good time to play Aaron Rodgers in his own backyard, it probably is early. Yeah, uh, the last time these two teams faced off in week one, the only other time in history was that uh, home opener in the 2014 season for the Seahawks. And, and yes, Seattle dominated that one 36-16. And uh, we've actually only, the, the Seahawks have only played in uh, at Lambeau Field one time in September, and that was back in the 2015 season. And uh, that was their revenge game after their t- NFC Championship loss, and, and they won that game 27-17. The Seahawks have not won in Lambeau since 1999. That's the only time in history the Seahawks have won at Lambeau, and that was right after they hired Mike Holmgren. It's time, Stu, to break this curse. <laughs> Oh, most, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, rounding out the first quarter of the season, uh, the Seahawks open up at home against division rivals San Francisco 49ers. Then they go on the road to take on the Titans at Tennessee in week three and then back home week four versus the Indianapolis Colts. Any thoughts on those games? As you said before we started, the San Francisco game doesn't really whip up excitement as it did three or four years ago. Uh, the Titans, I mean, Marcus Mariota, if he's healthy, um, he's one of the best young quarterbacks. He's on the next wave of quarterbacks. I think so that could be uh, quite a fun matchup. Um, obviously a team they don't play very often. And the Colts on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Luck v. Wilson, that tedious debate will probably get put on the primetime stage so I'm sure that will be uh, unbearable for that week but it's not a bad start the, obviously the two road games as we mentioned are later starts than you'd expect on East Coast but it's quite a nice start too obviously the two headlines are week one and week four really with the opener where it is and then the primetime game. Right the the Colts is the first primetime game on the schedule and uh, that's going to be Sunday night football. And like you mentioned, Andrew Luck versus Russell Wilson, just the second <laughs> meeting between these two quarterbacks. And the last time they faced was during the Super Bowl season and the Seahawks. That was one of their only three losses in that 2013 season. They lost uh, 34-28. Of course, the Seahawks had a 28-23 lead going into the fourth quarter. Andrew Luck able to lead them back. And so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to see that, uh, obviously, uh, with Andrew Luck coming to Seattle for the first time. Yeah, I think that game uh, a few years ago was the, the one time where it stands out where Richard Sherman was absolutely annihilated by an opposing receiver. I think T.Y. Hilton had about 3,000 yards that day <laughs> as the Colts put points up. But So, obviously, that might not matter if... if uh, Mike Lombardi's to be believed, to be believed, but yeah. Oh, stop it, Stu. We, we know Sherman's going to be lining up there week one. Yeah, my, my confidence is growing by the day on that, to be honest. Oh, yeah. And the thing that stands out to me, I guess, among these first four games, this, this is really the biggest stretch where the Seahawks have 
big time quarterbacks. If and, you know, if you're starting to include Mariota among those li- in in that list, you know, with Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers in this first group, uh, I don't think Brian Hoyer. He's kind of the one, the the guy that stands out for San Francisco that doesn't really fit in this group. But uh, the quarterbacks the Seahawks face in this in this first four games, pretty interesting. Yeah, mostly the the defense could look. A little different as well, obviously, with the draft being heavy on the defense. I mean, the San Francisco quarterback's first road game in Seattle, that could be a fun fun time for everyone apart from him as well. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Getting an early shot at that uh, that new Niners coaching staff and, and how yeah. that team's going to look with uh, coached by Kyle Shanahan. We struggled a bit with that offense last year, didn't we, against Atlanta? So that'll be fresh in the memories in week two. Yeah, I'd, I'd say San Francisco's personnel just a little bit different than Atlanta, though. <laughs> yeah, there is that. There is that. That's very true. All right, let's look at the second quarter of games. I'm going to go week five through week nine because uh, the bye week is in here. Uh, so week five, the Seahawks go on the road to Los Angeles to take on the Rams, the first road division game. Uh, then week six, as I mentioned, is the bye week. It breaks up the only back-to-back road games on the schedule before the Seahawks go on the road to take on the Giants. And then uh, they come back home and have their first back-to-back home games. Uh, first one being against the Houston Texans and then against Washington to close out that stretch of the next four games and uh, getting into November there with the the Washington game. So uh, of the, the, this is probably, to me, the least exciting stretch of four games because you you have uh, you have just the one divisional matchup and then I guess you do have back to back 2016 playoff teams but the Giants you know were an early exit and of course Houston you know they did get a win in the playoffs but not much of an exciting playoff team last year either. No, they, I think those were the two teams who made up the numbers uh, last year in the playoffs. But um, it, I think with the Rams, it's going to take us five weeks to realize how much we miss Jeff Fisher, isn't it? I think <laughs> with that game. Well, I, you know what? It, there is one thing, one important thing I do want to say about the Rams here, and that's catfish. The Rams. <laughs> yeah, we most certainly owe them after the last couple hate, of years. I hate um, the Rams so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've, they've got like the Abercrombie and Fitch uh, model as their head coach now. So, <laughs> Well, the, the one thing we do have to worry about with the Rams, not, now not only do they have a great defense, they continue to have a great defense, but now Wade Phillips is coaching that great defense. And to me, that just doesn't seem fair. <laughs> yeah well, but, but, and also obviously after that we've got JJ Watt and Javon Clowney up against a basketball player and to be decided the right tackle as well so. well that's a good point because in this stretch of games then you're facing off against defensive lines that have been pretty incredible with the Rams defensive line uh, the Giants they had a really solid defensive line last season and then of course Houston yeah JJ Watt uh, coming back and healthy and J- Jadavion Clowney this could be one of the more difficult stretches in terms of defensive fronts Especially not knowing exactly how the the Seahawks offensive line is going to look, but fortunately, maybe we we get that squared away in the first four games, and uh, and maybe we could feel a little bit better about them going into that that second quarter stretch. Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, I think we've said that every year. You hope by week six <laughs> that the airline's sorted, and yeah, but. Um, yeah, it is. It is. It is the first. I mean, Green Bay's defense isn't 
extraordinary. San Francisco have the two Oregon kids. Tennessee, no idea. Indy are in tra- transition on that side of the ball. Then you've got the guys I just mentioned. So it is. it will be the first time that maybe we get a reality check. Obviously, we don't know what the airline's going to look like yet again, but it's going to be a tough test. Yeah. I'm just I'm, I'm kind of glad we've got Houston in Seattle and not in that dome again because that could cause some issues. Well, we won't have Matt Schaub as uh, as quarterback, unfortunately, for the Texans, <laughs> and and we won't even have Brock Osweiler. So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Tom Tom Savage, uh, Tom Savage could be an interesting one. So the, I mean, the first four home games could be Brian Hoyer, Tom Savage, Kirk Cousins, and Andrew Luck. Yeah, and that's even that four with the four games. Obviously, Rams, Giants, Houston. That's a as good as the defensive front side, the quarterbacks is a bit bit gnarly. All right, moving on to the third quarter of the season, starting off with Week 10. That's the Thursday night football game against the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, we come off that to have a little mini-buy before taking on the Falcons, and that'll be the Monday night football game. Then we'll go on the road at San Francisco and then come back home to take on the Eagles a team the Seahawks haven't lost to since 2008. Carson Wentz will, will be coming back to the clink for just the second time. Obviously, he they, the Seahawks beat them 26-15 just this last season. The one game that stands out to me of these four is definitely that Monday night football matchup against the Falcons. Yeah, that 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 is really one of the ones that really just pop overall from the 16. It That's just ESPN. Obviously, they've, I think they've groaned and groped a little bit about the games they, they've had in recent years, but they've hit the jackpot with that one, I think. Yeah, and uh, with that Falcons game, you, you have to know that ESPN already has uh, queued up in their system that non-pass interference call between Sherman and Julio to close out that game. We, I, I don't know what the over-under will be that we see that, uh, that, that play. Probably about 2,000. We'll probably see that about 2,000 times. Yeah, I, I, that sounds about fair. I'll obviously have to see what Bavada bring up in the next few months, but yeah, that sounds about right. And that'll be the first uh, matchup in Week 10. That's the first time the Seahawks will take on Arizona. That will be on Thursday Night Football. And this this qu- quarter chunk of the season is the primetime chunk because the only team that the Seahawks aren't playing in primetime is that road game against San Francisco. Arizona on Thursday night. Falcons on Monday night and the Eagles is the final primetime game on the schedule. That will be a Sunday night game. Yeah, there's been both San Francisco games not being on primetime after supposed to be the next great rivalry in the NFL a few years ago. Shows how far that team has possibly slipped down in the bay. But it's obviously over week six by then we have Thursday night and then followed by Monday night. So it's it's a sort of mini buy with a ten day break there as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's an extra little bonus. I'm sure Falcons fans are going to be really happy to know that too, right? That we get a little bit of extra time <laughs> before uh, before they come into Seattle. It's usually us playing teams who are coming off those night games, so it'd be a, it's it's a refreshing change. Yeah, not only that, I think the Falcons have to take on the Cowboys in the the week prior, so that could be a difficult stretch that they're coming off of. Yeah, it could be. Also, with Atlanta, we we don't really know. Obviously, the talent hasn't left the building, but I guess by that point, we'll we'll know what a Kyle Shanahan less ran offense looks like as well. Yeah, exactly. Because it did kind of click with him, but. Yeah, it's, it's 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 definitely one of the headline games of the entire schedule for me. I cannot wait for it already. And then closing out the last quarter of the season, 
as I mentioned, the 110 a.m. start at Jacksonville week 14. Uh, just, you know, once again, well done NFL on the on the 10 a.m. <laughs> starts for the Seahawks this year. This this is good. Uh, week 15, the Rams come to Seattle and then uh, Christmas Eve, the Seahawks go on the road to take on the Cowboys before coming back home for the New Year's Eve game against the Cardinals to close out the season at home. Yeah, that I mean, Christmas in Texas could be could be fun. Um, the years to East could be quite tight again yet this year, so it'd be quite nice to put the Cowboys out of any player contention by that point. Uh, the Rams, as we said earlier, we just owe them completely. And to finish with Arizona, obviously, hopefully we. We might see Drew Stanton by then, if uh, Carson Palmer's <laughs> fell apart again by that point. But yeah, it's 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 a better looking closing stretch than it was the last couple of years. Obviously, we had a tough tough run with Baltimore and Philly the last couple of years, mixed in with all the divisional games. But it's not too bad. Obviously, it's a massive help that the Jags game is the only early start as well. And not only that, with that being one of the December games and and being in Dallas, there there's. Unless it snows in Seattle, there aren't going to be any snow games for the Seahawks this year because uh, Eagles will be in Seattle. And uh, I think, you know, the last I mean, the the last cold weather team that we play outside on the road uh, is the Giants in in October. Yeah, that probably is. I hadn't even thought about the weather side of it. I mean, we've got Green Bay, obviously, in the relative warmth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Giants is possibly as cold as we're going to get. Right. There'll be no reason for Jermaine Kirst to wear pyjamas this year. So <laughs> that, that that will make uh, my co-host Adam Nathan a little bit happier that he's still on the team. Yeah, because Adam is the is the big Jermaine Kirst fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's he's got a picture of, of him above his bed, I think. I think he's about naming his first child after him and everything. So. <laughs> Overall, it, it feels, and it's tough to know which teams are going to be good at any point in the season, but, but just running down, it, it feels like this Seahawks schedule starts off more difficult than it finishes. And, yeah. you know, with, I mean, just even looking at the, you know, we mentioned that those first four games, probably the most difficult stretch of quarterbacks that the team will face. Obviously, in the in the second half, when you get uh, Carson Wentz in week 13 and then Jared Goff in week 15, you have young quarterbacks. And then, uh, of course, against Dallas with Dak Prescott. So it, and then uh, Jacksonville, who knows who's going to be quarterback and if it'll be Blake Bortles still at that time or if they'll have a young quarterback. And uh, it, it's kind of the stretch of young quarterbacks after you get past Matt Ryan in week 11. Yeah, I mean, I think the last six games, we only know two of those, court, well, three maybe of those quarterbacks we're playing that we're going to be go up against. San Francisco are probably going to draft one. The Eagles got Wentz. Jacksonville, no one really knows what they're going to do with Bortles. The Rams may have given up on Jared Goff by then. We'll hope so. That organization. And then Cowboys are While we're on the Rams, though, while we're on the Rams, I just have one thing to say. Catfish! The Rams. <laughs> it's, it's a recurring theme here. Yes. I had to get it. I had to get it in there for both. <laughs> so is is that every time I mention the Rams? Is that is that your yes, response? <laughs> that's the response. I, I I think this is the year that I have t shirts made that say catfish the Rams. <laughs> I'd, I'd buy one. <laughs> but yeah, I think the as you said, the quarterback starts strong and then the, 
the final month of the season, we don't really know what we're up against. Obviously, a week out from the draft, six months, five months out from the season. So it's it's quite a favourable looking schedule on paper, how it's been shuffled around. Yep, and once we get going, obviously we'll we'll know a little bit better. But I uh, wanted to run down the schedule with you, uh, with it just coming out today. You know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what uh, Dave Bloomquist, you know, after he's able to go through this. Because I don't know if you know this, Stu, but Dave Bloomquist is our Seahawkers podcast, like, uh, schedule expert when it comes to breaking down how the NFL has screwed over the Seahawks in the schedule. <laughs> so he has, we'll, we'll be doing another show early next week and I expect Dave to have it figured out where in this schedule, you know, maybe he goes with the fact that uh, there's the, the team doesn't have a whole lot of back-to-back home games. You know, maybe that'll upset him. Um, but <laughs> there's no back-to-back games against divisional opponents. So I, I, I see uh-huh. how we, we make out well there. And uh, as I mentioned, that that back half of the schedule, it just it's not I I don't see where the worries are. So if if there's anything for Dave, I know what he's going to go into. He'll go into the bye weeks and see how many teams are coming off a bye week to take on the Seahawks. (laughs) I I expect to have that that in from him uh, by the time we roll out episode 153. Yeah, the the one thing is a late Sunday night game and then a cross country flight. But you're going cross-country to play the Jags, so... Mm. The Jags at 10 a.m., though. Yeah, that... Yeah, it is cross-country early kickoff after a late Sunday night game, but... Yeah, I, I look forward to hearing how he doesn't like this schedule, though. So what you're saying, Stu, we haven't made any predictions on any of these games, but you're predicting the Seahawks to lose on that 10 a.m. start at Jacksonville, right? No, 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 no. That's not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm just saying that would be the one place I can see a little bit of a bugbear with is the Sunday night turnaround. And and the reason why I didn't make any predictions, um, 16 and 0. I'll just, <laughs> there's no, no reason to go game by game and say the Seahawks are going to win. I'll just, I'll say it here at the end. Seahawks 16 and 0. There's my prediction. Yeah. I, 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 I'd go 11 and five. That's, I think that's we, way too I, low. I think, <laughs> I think we'll hold serve at home. Yeah. I think we'll hold serve at home. But at Green Bay, at Arizona, at the Cowboys, you don't really know what they're going to throw up at the stages of the season. And two losses to the Rams. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's five. <laughs> That's five. Catfish! The Rams. <laughs> Definitely. Real quick, before we wrap this up, let's talk about Pristine Auction. That's Pristine Auction, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. You can go to seahawkerspodcast.com slash auction and sign up for an account at Pristine Auction. And when you sign up, be sure and let them know you heard about Pristine Auction right here on seahawkerspodcast.com. If you go there and sign up, it's a big help to the show. And be sure to check there every day for their one-day auctions. Some really affordable stuff to bid on there. Seahawkerspodcast.com slash auction. Any final things that you want to say before we get on out of here, Stu? Uh, no, just make sure, obviously, us three on the Pedestrian Podcast will be doing a live draft pod uh, on some fo- some form next Thursday. We'll be doing a Facebook Live for the second day of the draft as well. Um, but yeah, just really like to just thank you for having me on and for keeping me up till uh, half two in the morning. 
we're, we're looking forward to hopefully joining you uh, on, on one of those draft shows next week. So yeah. I know we're looking forward to tuning into that. And uh, I guess with that, Stu, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Yes. Yes.